0: Hi, everybody, Kaylin with Home of Superior, and welcome to Crossing Swords, an uh, X-Men podcast crossover event. Uh, We're going to be covering uh, the Ten of Swords storyline, and this is our alpha issue, and we've got a lot of great podcasts on this crossover, so uh, I'm going to first turn it over to uh, Regina.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Regina Givens, the co-host of the House of X podcast. I'm really excited to be here with you guys. Dylan Carter is my co-host, and I'm turning it over to him.
2: Hi, everybody. Like Regina said, uh, we are both from the House of X podcast that came from an X-Men Facebook group of the same name, and I'm super excited for this crossover.
3: Jason? Yeah, hi, thanks. Uh, Jason Venable from the podcast that goes snicked, um, which is obviously about Wolverine, and very stoked to be a part of this. Thank you
4: and hi, I'm Brett from Comic Book Queer's Legacy. Um, happy to be here, especially with my better half, Evil Jeff.
5: Hello, everybody. I'm Evil Jeff. Hi. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> I am Evil Jeff. I'm the co-host of uh, Comic Book Queer's Legacy. I love all things X-Men, so I am super jazzed to be here right now.
6: And hi, hello, Uh, this is Chandler Poling from X Reads, the podcast. Uh, This is a great honor to be a part of this incredible Crossing Swords crossover event. So thank you so much
7: for having me. Awesome. And I'll round us out. I'm Adam Casari of Homo Superior. Uh, And we are, like we said already, super excited that we're all doing this. Uh, And we got to kind of kick off this alpha issue we're going to be talking a little bit about what's really led up to the events of overall for house of x and powers of 10 and then uh we'll go a little bit deeper And i got some discussion questions for everybody so just kind of kicking it back and talking about how we got to here after the events of house of x and powers of 10 all of mutant kind had joined together to live at Krakoa and hopeful harmony over time we learned about Krakoa's secret history that includes a second island called arako that has been split apart by the twilight sword in doing so, the mutants of Araco and the original Four Horsemen have been cut off from Kakoa for centuries in an endless war. Recently, Apocalypse was successful in connecting Otherworld and Araco through a magical ceremony. So lots of crazy shit happening, basically. <laughs> um, and just kind of before we really, like, get into the uh, recent events, I really want to take a second to kind of step back and talk a little bit about X-Men crossovers. Um, you know, What's your favorite X crossover indoor storyline? Anyone can jump in.
5: Hi, this is Evil Jeff here. Uh, The big, uh, my favorite one is Inferno, mostly because uh, I, that's kind of when I started reading. X-Men was right around when Inferno came out and I still remember issue 242 when the Australian Outback X-Men were all like eviled up in Manhattan (laughs) and it was the first time they met up with X-Factor since thinking that Jean Grey was dead and it was just like one of my favorite moments. That whole Inferno thing, they never topped that in my opinion. I
4: love that. Brett? Um, since Inferno is my answer too, and I don't want to be like that, I'm gonna say uh, it was House of X, Powers of Ten, because never have I felt so alive.
3: <laughs> That's pretty awesome. But,
4: Dylan, uh, my favorite
2: is the Phalanx Covenant, and that is I'm a huge like C-list, Z-list character fan. Person And I feel like the Phalanx Covenant, since most of the main X-Men were just out of commission, we got to see more with X-Factor and Excalibur and X-Force and we got to meet Monet. So even
7: though it was the twins, Mm -hmm.
2: that's why I like that one.
5: Isn't that where Blink dies?
2: Yes. Okay.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chandler.
6: I'm going to go with Age of Apocalypse. Nice. You know, one of the most massive crossover events because it took over everything. It was kind of unheard of at the time. Uh, I love to see the different characteristics out of all the characters we knew and love and what they were like in the new universe. And um, Jubilee got to be super powerful and awesome. So I love
7: that. That was the right answer. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Regina, what about you?
1: I was also going to say the Phalanx Covenant. Um It was kind of a slow burn because before it even started we had seen inklings that there was something coming um and some of the books preceding the actual crossover were amazing especially and i can't remember the issue off the top of my head but the issue with storm and gambit and yukio Mm -hmm. um running from the phalanx in new york um and then of course i am also a huge fan of monet i loved her when she was first introduced and Blink, even though she wasn't here for very long, <laughs> one of my favorite characters, I was so mad that she got killed off so fast. And then, of course, Age of Apocalypse happened and we got to have part of her back. And then Necrosha happened. <laughs> so <laughs> we do still have her. But uh, at that time, uh, it was just an amazing story for me personally.
3: Jason, you got one? Yeah, yeah. As the uh, as the old guy in the group, I'm gonna say the original Brood Saga. Um, mm-hmm. To me, it's kind of Claremont at some of his best. It's so epic in scope. Uh, X Men in space, kind of kind of ticks all my boxes. So really, really love that one. Mm-hmm. And Paul Smith, come on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Paul Smith. Kalen, you. What do you have as that?
0: Uh, well, first of all, I appreciate Jason calling himself the old man of the group because I'm the old man <laughs> of uh, Homo Superior. They call me old man Palin, actually. So. Um, but um, Jeff and uh, Brett kind of stole my answer, too, originally with Inferno. Inferno is what got me starting to read X-Men regularly. Uh, and I think it was Thoughty Thoughty Alex as the Goblin Prince. Uh,
4: oh, and like that like ripped up costume. And don't forget uh, Brian Braddock uh, as whatever uh, he was uh, in the, uh, on the Excalibur yeah. side.
0: Beefcake Brian Braddock, oh, Excalibur's so good, but <laughs> I'm gonna go to the left field uh, and uh, say The Messiah Complex, uh, which was an incredibly underrated <laughs> crossover because I was so angry at the X-Books at the time. I was angry with Joe Quesada's <laughs> decision of like the 198 mutants, you know, what Wanda did at the House of uh, at the end of House of M. And I was just like, like this isn't great, but like the way that the storyline kicked off with a new mutant being born, Hope being born, and the X-Men having to deal with, you know, the um, the various leagues, including the original Marauders, uh, to be able to, like, you know, uh, make sure this uh, baby, their new messiah, essentially becomes, you know, can actually have a good life and restart, like, the, uh, the X-Gene. I think it was just a really fun storyline. But, Adam, what's your favorite? I think well, I know what it is, but I want to yeah, ask you. Yeah, well,
7: talking. I was already squealing when Chandler uh, said his. So, Age of Apocalypse is hugely my favorite. I am a huge fan of... Usually alternate universes, and especially, like, ones where there's permadeath. Uh, it's, like, off-topic, off but Injustice, which I always talk about, is my favorite, like, DC comic book series. I think it's amazing. And Age of Apocalypse is very similar, where you got to see a bunch of people in very new and different lights. Um, and I just was, you know, absolutely in love with it as a kid. And I always tell a story. I was like, when as a kid, I only ever bought Alpha and Omega. So I, like, was like, I think I get what's <laughs> going on. And finally, when I got <laughs> <laughs> I bought the trade paperbacks and was like oh there's a lot more that's really happening
6: I have to give a warm love to uh, Fatal Attractions because that was one of my first crossover events and it was just so drama being a young mm-hmm. teenager and, and and witnessing the metal being pulled out of uh, Wolverine's yep. body and all of that stuff, bone claws, you know, all of that, <laughs> all of those moments were just so emotionally impactful to me in, in a preteen life. I
7: just was, I loved it.
4: Glenn Close and Archer, they're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um,
7: is there, uh, on the flip side, and I'm going have to run down the list, but is there like one that you all think is like universally the least, like the, just the worst crossover? <gasps> oh! <laughs> all right i've got two i do i i, I this is gonna work but brett brett kaylin say it on three one two three the operation 12 zero
0: tolerance oh that's also really
7: bad <laughs> <laughs> wait i heard the 12 and then kayla what did you say
0: operation zero tolerance is pretty <laughs> bad i the
7: 12 really i was like oh yeah the 12 was fucking awful
4: I loved Zero Tolerance because I guessed at the time that Bastion was Nimrod and Master Mold after going through yeah. the Siege Perilous. I guessed it way in advance, and I felt oh, so oh. smart.
3: Plus Soul no, no. Come on. Okay.
0: <laughs> Wait, how could I forget? Actually, the worst crossover is the Genosha team right before uh, Grant Morrison took over and did New X-Men.
4: Oh. Uh, Eve of really Destruction? Like... <laughs> Eve of Destruction. Oh, it's so good. So it's so bad ollie provenzano <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's with dazzler right mm-hmm. yeah yeah even with dazzler uh yeah and that wakes dark, up I and love. he's like wait
2: dazzler what
0: <laughs> do y'all have any uh other least favorites
3: when you say X-Men Gold, like as a volume.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I completely agree. X-Men Gold yes. was garbage.
3: <laughs>
0: you mean the second volume of X-Men Gold, right? The one that came out in twenty yes. seventeen. Yeah, with, with Kitty as yeah. the team leader <laughs> oh, and like oh, no oh, one yeah. else in the book. It was trash. It was so bad. Yeah. storm was in
2: that book and she didn't get a line until like issue. <laughs> <laughs> she just stood in the background for right. any issues.
5: Right. Uh, if we're just doing runs, just what was the, the X Men run that had Stacy X? Oh, oh that's yes, worst. Austin. Austin, right? That's the worst I thing hate I've, I've X. ever read.
3: Stacy X is
2: just the worst. <laughs> so.
3: uh, anyone old enough to remember Python Control from G.I. Joe? That was her Costume Design. Is... <laughs> <laughs> that's a um, deep cut. I love it. So let's
7: talk uh, current current runs um what's your le- what's your favorite and least favorite combined um of the current x books and y and you'll be critiqued with a score of 100 points. <laughs> chandler <laughs>
3: sure
6: i really enjoy marauders uh, i'm a big kitty pride fan sorry kate and uh i love how this storyline has gone and i love seeing the ensemble of her and emma and iceman and pyro I think it's a Bishop, this is a, just a great cast. So I love Marauders. My least favorite is Excalibur and I'm very sad about it because Jubilee is one of my favorite characters as well. And I think she's horribly underused in that series. And I think the writing is very confusing. And every time I read an issue of Excalibur, I'm like, I need to read this again, I think, cause I don't know what just happened.
7: <laughs> is like, like uh, So just popping in that question, is there any, one that would defend Excalibur as not the worst current Xbox. Me. And won't be mind just because of a lot of hands. Comic book I'm queers a representing. representing. This is exciting. OK, I saw, uh, so Jeff. Jeff, you're up.
5: Uh, Excalibur is not my uh, favorite. It's definitely not my least favorite. I hate X-Force. I think
4: X-Force. Oh, is garbage. I, it's hate garbage. It. <laughs> it I hate it. It sucks. I hate it.
7: sucks.
5: It's God. so bad. Beats this podcast so worse. I've got this
7: podcast is over.
5: <laughs> Beast is the worst, and now it's all like, it's oh, everyone, interesting. Is, everyone in Krakoa is gonna be Russian. Oh, well, let's fight these people turning into plants that aren't uh. the Kotati. I don't care. Uh. I hate <laughs> X-Force. Uh, Excalibur, it's, it has its moments. It's fun. Um, uh, it's like in the middle of the pact. I think my favorite right now, actually, i have to say my favorite is X-Factor, even though it just started. Uh, hey, every guy is either gay or bi. I feel like I have to say that's my favorite. So right now, X Factor is killing it for me.
4: Brad? I've made myself clear on X-Force. It is the worst. Uh, I'd rather read Fallen Angels and oh, wow, wow. wow. At least wow. Angels is like oh, okay i don't get this but i'm curious about where you're <laughs> coming from x-force it. is like i see where you're coming from and it's great <laughs> uh but i marauders is my favorite because emma frost but hellions is tied for my favorite um that last page of last issue with nanny and sinister is my favorite scene in a comic book ever The the wit and the the characterization and the balls, like, it's... it's And if you listen to
5: our podcast, we reenact it where I'm sinister and (laughs) Brett is nanny as Fran Drescher nanny.
7: Wow. (laughs) So please listen. Amazing. Uh, Dylan? I would say that my
2: favorite is also Hellions. But I'm going to actually slightly defend Fallen Angels because I actually liked it. I feel You're the one, okay. (laughs) (laughs) The one that bought like 50 issues. (laughs) (laughs) The first two-ish issues of Fallen Angels were good because I think they were setting Quanon or Quanon, however you say her name, up as a good character. And then the rest of... Three or four issues were awful, but <laughs> Hellions is doing good by her, and I—that's why I like it. And real quick, I'm gonna slightly defend Excalibur. I am somebody who didn't like it for a while because it's super confusing. But after further thought, I think Fallen or sorry, Excalibur has so much to do with Ten of Swords that Teeny was restricted in more ways than other Dawn of X writers. Mm. So. I'm going to give her the credit of that might be why her books are really confusing.
6: Yes. But Dylan, what, if, uh, what if 10 of swords is no good? Then it'll be all fun.
0: <laughs> oh no. <for> not- <laughs> uh, Dylan, Adam actually made a really good point on our last podcast where um, he compared uh, Excalibur to uh, agents of shield the first like six or seven episodes. They just had to like, Okay. Wait, like basically yes. tread water until stable, winter soldier <gasps> yeah, and then winter soldier, until... yeah so like she had like you know 12 11 issues basically to like kind of like wade water so maybe you're maybe you got a good point that, there that's a really good comparison good job i adam. will
4: go back and say rewatch those pre-winter soldier episodes they're great <laughs> huh? yeah Deathlock. so fun so cool <laughs> um, i think adam and i just started our own podcast
7: <laughs> 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 i'll email you later <laughs> Uh, Regina, what what were you thinking?
1: Uh, actually, until this last episode, Hellions was also top of my list because I'm a huge Madeline Pryor fan.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, oh. And this
1: last issue completely broke my heart. I'm still they looking forward dirty. to it. <laughs> yeah, but um, I also don't mind Excalibur. I actually do love X-Force because I think it shows the... Ooh. links that we have gone through with beast as far as turning so basically to dark been, beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's terrible. <laughs> we also had that fabulous lagoon scene and <laughs> I mean, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I do like some of the moral qu- quandaries that they are developing in that book. And I think it's pretty interesting for me. Um, but my second favorite would be Marauders. So, yeah.
4: Yeah, nice. X Men's good too. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, right. I was, like, I was like, I I literally
7: just thought about that. I was like,
3: no one's saying the flagship
4: <laughs> because it's not the best. Jason might. Jason might.
3: <laughs> no, I won't. I uh, I do like it a lot. No, I do like it a lot. And I know I'm supposed to say Wolverine, which I also <laughs> which I also am enjoying quite a bit. But my favorite is Marauders. I think I think for all the reasons you also. But also, it has the clearest. And sticks the closest to their mission statement i feel like as a book um and so just and Dugan duggan he's just he's on fire right now he's writing a lot of good stuff i'm really enjoying his cable book as well um, yeah i love cable and as far as excalibur i also agree it's kind of middle of the road um i do think that right is confusing but i think the art for the most part has been really good um mm-hmm. and then the bottom for me is going to be new mutants just because the high of Hickman and Rod Race to the low of where Brisson kind of goes with it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. So it, I'm actually barely kind of skimming it right now. So yeah. <laughs> It'll
2: it'll get better after Ten of Swords, I people. think so that too. Yeah.
3: There's some yeah. changes coming that look good. A uh, real wide spectrum. Kalen, where do you
0: fall on? it? Oh, before I give mine, because uh, I think it's going to segue into our next section, uh, Adam, let's hear yours.
7: Oh, Favorite and least favorite. Well, I feel like I threw out a thing thinking that, cause I don't like Excalibur. <laughs> I was like, everyone's gonna agree. And then I was like,
0: oh, I guess not.
7: Um, I was like real, di-. and then everyone's like, I hate X-Force. I was like, no, that's actually my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so a real a real uh, 180. Um, but no, I, I, I actually do, I think, the flagship title is, I think one is the best written but the hardest part is that it's a lot of like little vignettes of the world so it's hard to really find that flow where for x-force for me i think besides the latest issue i just think it's been very consistently interesting i think a lot of interesting topics and just the characters all kind of play very well together um but yeah excalibur is exactly what i was talking about like caitlin mentioned is the agents of shield problem where there was a lot of spinning wheels throughout half of the issues. And then all of a sudden it's a lot of stuff being thrown on. And I think more than ever, the most recent issue with like the apocalypse Richter conversation, like I just wanted that to, it was such a cool, I think, overall issue. It's definitely the best one of the run so far. I just wish they would have like made that build-up should have been much more impactful. I like, I don't know. I just didn't feel like all the dots were connecting through all the characters and things like that. So Kaylin,
0: uh, so before I go into my least in favorite, can I just say, or can we all agree that this is probably the strongest the X books have been maybe the late 80s, long early 90s. Yes, yes. There's a, a lot of nodding. Long. Yeah. And it, <laughs> yes. um, you know, like even the weak, the quote unquote weakest of the books, there's still a lot of quality there. Like yeah. my least favorite is Excalibur. And I do think it is, you know, some of the reasons we mentioned, uh, Teeny Howard definitely had to like kind of bide time until uh, the Ten of Swords crossover. I think there's a lot of good ideas there, but I think some of the execution falls flat. It's like it's like trying to get all these ideas out the door at the same time, they all kind of get stuck and you're like, well, what am I supposed to focus in on? <laughs> um, I will say my favorite is X-Men. Um, and I, uh, I, I think, um, I'm sorry, Regina, but uh, I, I, think, uh, I think the reason why I love it so much is there are certain issues where I'm like, oh, that's not so great. And then there are issues like um, the Mystique and Destiny issue or the ones where uh, Professor X, Magneto, and Apocalypse uh, go to uh, Davos in Switzerland. uh, And like you see the, um, and Adam knows this really well because I always mention this on our podcast uh, on Homo Superior. I love the political aspect of comic books uh, because that's also my profession. Uh, And so like finding um, the way that Krakoa is actually being a nation and dealing with like the real politic of, real world countries like Russia uh, or like Marvel countries like Wakanda or or Latveria or even Atlantis. I really, really enjoy that. That's why I also kind of like X-Force a little bit too, even though Beast is a piece of shit. Um, And (laughs) I just, it it makes, it makes sense that a country would have their own, you know, sort of like CIA type black ops type, uh, you know, intelligence agency. Uh, Some of the executions have been a little flat, but it is, uh, it is what it is. But, The irony is my least favorite is Excalibur. My favorite is X-Men. And these are our two prelude chapters before (laughs) Ten of Swords really begin. So I'm going to do a quick recap of both and then we'll have some discussion questions. So I'll start off with Excalibur number 12. You've got Apocalypse gathering the externals only to tell them that they're now obsolete. He's got Richter who's turned into his disciple. He's got him killing uh, Nicodemus, Saul, Cruel, and Kandra in order to use their bones to create a permanent gateway to Otherworld and as we later find out to Araco. However, the gateway can't be completed because Chandra has tucked away her soul into the heart gem on Otherworld. Gambit, being a thief, if you haven't figured it out by now, has stolen it. Uh, And meanwhile, Saturn is pulling Betsy, the current Captain Britain. uh, She's putting Betsy, the current Captain Britain, on a performance improvement plan. She is reading her for (laughs) filth and that issue. Uh, And Gambit chucks the soul stone, I mean the heart gem, through the makeshift ga- gateway between Otherworld and Kokoa, established in the previous issues of Excalibur, allowing Apocalypse to complete the spell that creates the permanent gateway. Very dense issue. And if you think that's dense, wait till we get to X-Men 12, because this might take me the rest kidding. of the podcast. <laughs> this should have been, X-Men 12 should have been its own, like, storyline, own miniseries, because it right. is so freaking dense. Yeah. So. X-Men number twelve, following up on the prologue from the eleventh issue, the summoner continues the most lethal game of Jumanji with Rock Slide, uh Anole. <laughs> we call him anal on on uh on uh, how Homo Superior. We're not gonna stop, even though we've been corrected, it's anal. <laughs> Feel free to it.
7: join with us, but you totally don't have to and you come up we do show. too. Yeah.
0: Okay. Excellent. I love that. So you got Rock, he's continuing that game with Rock Slide, Anal, and Loa. Apocalypse, having just created a permanent gateway over an Excalibur, stops by for story time. And what a story it is. The Summoner (laughs) finishes a tale that started in Powers of Ten number four last year about how Okara, basically the Pangea for all mutants, was split into two. Krakoa and Arako. Turns out a sword, imagine that, creates a schism. A Twilight Sword. Apocalypse and his mutant brethren uh, repel the demons that came from the schism. The mutants from Morocco, including Apocalypse's wife, Genesis, had to go to a hellish world called Amenth where they fought the demons and their lord, Annihilation, for thousands of years. Awful names. They need to come up with some new names. (laughs) I'll just say that. Uh, And by the way, we first saw uh, Genesis and Annihilation in the free comic book day issue of X-Men on the Eight of Cups card. So... We erroneously thought that was Storm and Storm was gonna break bad, but obviously that is not Storm, that is Genesis and the other half being Annihilation. Um, uh, You know, uh, of course, uh, uh, Genesis and the mutants lost. The summoner was sent back to our dimension, Cal el style to get Apocalypse to save Arako. And the issue ends with the image that we also saw in the free comic book day issue on the judgment card with Apocalypse and the Summoner standing at the edge of the permanent gateway. Uh, The latter goes into the gateway with Banshee and Eunice the Untouchable for some reason. And so (laughs) begins the Ten of Swords storyline. So first question to uh, this group, what did you think of these prelude issues?
4: Brett. Well, I thought they were dense. I think that's the word. Like uh, Evil Jeff and I were trying to talk about them on our earlier episode and we were all over the goddamn place. Um, so please listen. Uh, it's just because it's so dense and there's so much to talk about, but if we're about to have a months-long crossover, let's get some density at the top. Let's get a lot of layers that we can unpack. This got me very excited for what's to come.
5: Yeah follow up with that is it was dense, but it seems like this is all just leading to where it's the champions of each side are gonna be battling each other. And I want it to be about that. I don't want that density to be in these future issues. So yeah, I just get it all up front, get it out of the way and then just let's see some fun action. Let's see some swords. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Chandler. Uh with X-Men in particular, I had a, a hard time to suspend belief of that there was this Pangaea island of mutants in human history at some point on the earth. Um I just I know it could be like anytime, anywhere, but it was allegedly supposed to be on earth and there was supposed to be this whole nation of warrior type people uh, and civilization and everything. And yet there's, no, there's no remains of it you know, in current 616. It just seems very, very unbelievable to me.
0: Jason, I, thought, I think I you saw your hand up.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, I think to me, um, in both issues, concepts better than the comics, if that makes sense. Like, I did kind of wet my appetite for what we're about to get into. I definitely enjoyed like seeing, okay, yeah, setting up the gate from Krokoa to Otherworld to Racco or whatever, however you all decided to pronounce it, which is fine. Um, You know, like, that's cool, but reading it, I was just kind of like, OK, just kind of reading through it. But um, I think for most issues, there's a lot of things I liked, but I probably liked the concepts more than the issues themselves.
0: Dylan?
2: Um, I'm, I am I would agree that it's super dense. Like Brett said about him and Jeff, me and Regina recorded an episode talking about it yesterday and we were skipping all over the place too because <laughs> there was no way that you could stay on course talking about that. But I'm super excited with what they showed of a few of those champions from the other world especially Iska, the yes. unbeaten. Like yeah. I want an entire book about her. So <laughs> I'm happy that it was dense but yeah just super excited about champions from another world
0: regina
1: i'm pretty excited about it i think that the characters the new characters and their designs are amazing i mean i could just i told dylan i was like i could probably just make love to this book (laughs) 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 because all of the characters and Especially, I think, because they are female characters, as far as Iska and all of that goes, um, and just to see them squaring off with each other, I was like, "This book is badass as hell!" So I'm really excited to see more of them. Um, I think one of the the things that it kind of pulled that kind of pulled away from me was, you know, I guess all this time I've had this idea that there weren't that many mutants way way back when we are first introduced to the x-men and now it's like well there's mutants like millions of them everywhere (laughs) and that kind of pulled me out of the story a little bit thinking about okay there's this whole island of mutants and why has this been a problem with the humans like at this point we could have like our own multiple mutant nations (laughs) but um besides that i i'm really excited for the rest of the story
4: Brett? Oh, no, my hand was just up. But uh, <laughs> if anyone else would like to go, please do. Uh,
0: I'll just quickly say, um, you know, even though I said Excalibur, this is Kalen again, uh, Exc- Excalibur being my least favorite of the X books, even though there's still a lot of quality. This uh, issue number 12 was my favorite issue of Excalibur, uh, mostly because of the first half with Apocalypse or you know, the symbol that he's calling himself like he's early 90s (laughs) um, friends, is, you know, gathering the externals, basically telling them, well, y'all, you know, this is uh, natural selection. Y'all are obsolete. You need to make way for the next generation of mutants, uh, you know, on Krakoa. Um, I really enjoy that. And then when we went back to Otherworld with, like, Gambit, Rogue, and even, you know, Betsy, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm just not enjoying that part of Excalibur. Hopefully I will more during the, uh, during 10 of swords and even after 10 of swords. Uh, but I did love it. And then uh, um, I mentioned on our podcast, uh, our most recent one where we reviewed these, both these issues. I had to read X-Men 12 at least three or four times because I was like, I think I understand it. I think I understand it. And then I think about it more than I, no, I don't think I do understand it. <laughs> I, it is, I still um, don't understand it. Yeah, I don't <laughs> <know. it's laughs> Very, as y'all all have said, it's, it's super, super, super dense. Uh, and it just, um, there's a lot of different factions there and it's a lot of new characters that were introduced to and new concepts. And so, you know, Hickman likes doing that, but, uh, and I normally love it. It's just, it was, uh, like I'm intrigued, but I'm like, I hope the crossover doesn't crumble under its own weight.
6: Yeah. The axis of this is going to just rest on if they can take all this new information and make us care about it with the new care, with the characters that we already love. Because if you don't care about the new characters, you're not going to care what happens to them, whether they live or die or whatever, you know, but unless it all ties in really, really densely with the people that we know, then it doesn't quite matter. Yeah, why
4: invent something new unless it's serving what you've already created, right, Adam? Um, (laughs) Sorry, improv joke. Uh, What I do want to say about Excalibur 12 is that I loved that they were like, before we destroy the externals, let us finally explain them. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Like let us give you a simple explanation <laughs> hey. for what they were this whole time and now they're done. Yeah.
7: Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so we've seen a number of swords throughout the Xbox. What do you think are the remaining swords? And I'm not going to tell you which ones we even know about yet. Let's see if we can discover them all together. We we just
5: uh we talked just did about it.
4: this. We <laughs> <Just laughs> cheated
5: on our podcast. We like tried to run through our heads what we saw. Um, so, cause it looks like Doug has a
4: self friend sword. Has a war, a Self friend sword. Yeah. <laughs> self friend
5: sword. Yeah. Um, I and I think that looks, uh, looks pretty interesting. The one, the least interesting sword, which cause it doesn't make sense to me is the cerebro sword. Yeah. Where it's like, Hey, we're going to take everything with cerebro, this all powerful thing. Let's put it in a sword that can be stolen. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't, <laughs> I just don't get it but those are interesting ones
7: uh, mm-hmm. to me. Jason, you were, you were talking about uh, the Cable series, so there's definitely the Space Knight sword. Yeah, yeah, the Space
3: Knight sword, uh, of course, Magic Soul sword. Um, we've seen it in promotional items. I don't think we've seen it in the story yet. I'm sure Wolverine's uh, Muramasa Mura blade will yeah. we'll have a key at some point in the story.
7: Right. Got a little bit of Captain Britain's sort of might. Uh, yeah. Prestige's Phoenix Sword
4: is another one that. Oh is,
7: yeah! Oh right! Yeah.
4: That's amazing that you call her Prestige. <laughs> <laughs> that's adorable. I've never heard anybody do that. Before. Yeah, Not
7: i don't of a new X-Men fan. <laughs> when people, that's yeah, why. when people have names, you know, when they have names, you want to you want to like, respect them. What so. do you call
4: Megan? Uh, Ooh, that's Minnie. a good one. <laughs> Did you call her Megan? Yeah. Well, you should be calling her. Say it with me, Dylan.
7: Well, she's had two.
4: Oh, sorry, it was in the <laughs> database. <wait>, <laughs>
7: on the count of three, Dylan, Brett, one, two, three. Tapestry. <laughs> <laughs> what? Two names. This is the shittiest game of mind-melt <laughs> I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were the two, I like. I, the, yeah, I am a, I'm like an on-again, off-again fan over the course of my
4: 35 years. What are the two names for me? I remember Can Tapestry I like, from yeah. like old Excalibur, right? Yeah. Yeah. But
2: they called and it the, Gloriana, like you said. In, back
1: then. And Goblin Princess. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And yeah. Goblin, Goblin Princess. Princess. right? Oh, yeah. Thank you. But there was a recent data page <laughs> that had real name mutant name very recently in one of the last releases, and it said real name Megan Poussineau, mutant name Gloriana. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, what? <laughs> no one calls it that. <laughs> Nobody calls it <her> that. <laughs> Although,
0: if you do use her real name, Emma Frost will get pissed off and, uh, if they're off of Krakoa, because they have to use her mutant name. Do you remember that from uh, yeah. Powers of Ten and, and House of X. I love her. Yeah, uh, I'm curious about uh, Apocalypse's scimitar uh, or scimitar. I always pronounce that name uh, that word mm-hmm. wrong. Uh, I'm curious, like, where he gets that because it's on the uh, Ten of Swords tarot card that Saturn has mm-hmm. in the Free Comic Book Day issue, and I'm just like, it looks cool as fuck. And I'm like, when, where, what, how, and why. All yeah, I was going yeah. to
2: was gonna mention that since
0: it like came out of nowhere for the Crucible and it's like why does
2: Apocalypse have a sword to kill these mutants with? <laughs> no, he can just do it with his own hands. Why does he have a sword?
5: Well, I, I why does that was the thing is why does Wolverine have a sword when he literally has... <laughs> things that come out of this but this my one whole, engages healing factors right my man? whole thing with this is like why why the swords and i don't because right now it's still at the like <laughs> swords are cool and so i really would like there to be a reason More than that, because right? Yeah. right now it's just like 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 we said mutants have small dicks. Oh yeah, we, we, we swords. It. Like it's very
4: phallic Next is X, 10 of Corvettes. It sounds, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's very much like
7: a crossover. It should have been in the 80s, because like this is like He-Man central. Like some network is like, we need swords in kids' hands today. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I completely agree. I was always like, what the fuck is with the swords? Uh Chandler, how do you feel about the swords?
6: Well, besides feeling like a merchandise mechanism, no, I, I think <laughs> it's just because whatever battleground they're going to, I'm feeling they can't use their mutant powers. Mm. So then they
0: result to swords. Oh.
5: <laughs> see, I like that. Oh,
0: that's a good reason. That's a really that's good reason. The really only result. reason I can oh think God. of uh, them absolutely awesome the point.
7: I'm all <laughs> but, in on the swords now. That makes a lot of sense. And especially with the, was it the Crucible or there was the whole issue where they were, who was, who got rebirthed with powers? Arrow?
0: Oh no, it was uh, one of the Guthrie siblings. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. 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 Arrow. Arrow, Arrow. there we go.
7: I call them Guthrie sibling, I'm sorry, I don't know. (laughs) Melody, it was
4: Melody Guthrie. (laughs) (laughs) Melody. Uh, oh, there's another the... sword though. Uh, the Storm is in a lot of panels yeah, and previews no, no. and with her like a sword made of lightning. I'm very curious. Yeah. A lightning rod. Oh, yeah. Very curious cool. about yeah. that.
6: Yeah. And Cyclops is... has a sword too. Mm-hmm.
4: Like that, a laser like the... a
0: sword. But that's just part oh. of his like polyamory though. Like he's also making love to the sword. Right. <laughs> right.
4: <laughs> it's actually a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. A yeah, ribbon yeah, you know. quartz dildo. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: He was like Wolverine um, has a sword. I have to have a sword. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, who do you think is going to wield the Cerebro sword?
6: Professor Xavier?
0: Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going look- you know?
2: Gene Jean will probably
4: th- wield it because Jean does. Jean uh, yeah. uh, and Cerebro, that fits the pattern of her <laughs> trying. Jean, I'll bloody trying. showing off. Yeah, bloody <laughs> Jean showing off again. I'll try to wield the sword, but I'm not the telepathic savior is.
2: <laughs> She just needs to try harder. <laughs>
7: So uh, are there any like theme or plot elements that you really want to come through? And I, uh, you know, the answer can't just be sword fighting. Swords. I oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I'll just start. I was like, I just want mortal, X-Men Mortal Kombat. That's all right. I'm looking for. Mm-hmm.
1: Basically. That's
4: what you're going to get, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm interested in the journey of Doug Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, there seems to be a lot about Doug having to step up and be a warrior in this. Um, that looks, that looks fun.
0: Yeah, we saw that in uh, giant size, the, the giant size issues, especially the this recent one with uh, Storm, where he really enjoys being part of a field team and not just you know, doing kind of like intel and languages and all that kind of like more passive stuff. Like uh, I would love to see him be a more active member of the, any of the teams.
4: And I think that brings in a broader theme that I'd like to see, which is these characters kind of growing, kind of having what they've relied upon to Chandler's point stripped away. And them having to rely on other pieces of themselves to to get through this, it seems that could be a theme coming up. And I am here for that.
7: Yeah. I hope the theme is uh, continued. uh, uh, I was going to say, I hope the theme is continued. Lines from Storm, because as you said, Dylan Storm (laughs) does not nearly in the past couple of years get nearly enough dialogue or good dialogue. So it's always a big big uh, need for me.
0: So we had an earlier discussion about our favorite X-Men storylines and our least favorite ones uh, as well. Uh, Oftentimes, they can kind of collapse on themselves. We've all seen it happen. This one is, with the two prelude chapters, it's going to be 24 chapters, you know, 22 without the prelude chapters. Uh, What risks do you think there might be from the storyline, given what we know now? Chandler? Chandler?
6: Uh, well, I think there's a risk of exhaustion in the sense of it's a lot of story to take in. I think 22 issues feels like a lot or 24 yeah. if you include these preludes. Um, so it sounds like they're really drawing a lot out. And unless some major things happen or if they, the it results in the stopping of the resurrection protocol or something major that affects life on Krakoa, I don't really understand the point of this big crossover. So that's my my fear is that it's just going to be Exhausting to read this.
0: And we'll be right along with all of you as you're reading it. Exhausting (laughs) ourselves.
4: Brett? I'm worried that there aren't going to be enough swords.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Ten ten is not enough.
6: (laughs) Ten is not
7: enough.
1: I'm wondering if there is going to be Anything that happens with the five and how it would affect the resurrection protocols. So we've seen that Krakoa is vulnerable to attack um, and they haven't perfected their defense systems yet. And if one of them goes down, especially if it's Fabio, (laughs) then... I mean, there might be something with other mutants that could replace the other parts of the five, but he's basically indispensable. So if he gets taken or kidnapped or whatever, that's going to change some things for Krakoa for sure.
4: Evil Jeff and I did an understudy exercise and we were like, if the five was taken out, who would step (laughs) up? And I think we said Boom Boom could be someone for Egg and oh, I forget who else we landed on is like, who could potentially make viable <laughs> eggs? And I think Boom Boom was our answer.
0: Yeah.
6: <laughs> Just non explodable eggs. Yeah. <laughs> well, my <laughs> thing well, is, boom is boom
1: boom. For, the, for the House of X, for the crossover, there has to be stakes. So if there's going to yeah. be stakes and they can't be uh-huh. resurrected, then that makes me think something's going to happen to at least one of the five.
0: Yeah. No, Do you I, think... Uh, oh, go ahead, I Adam.
7: Say, I really like the idea of, and I agree with you, Chandler, that like, biggest problem that crossovers have is that they sort of just do nothing Um, and so you know I it's gonna be real fun to watch a shitload of mutants fight with powers or without them with a bunch of swords and then at the end though if it doesn't lead into like the next evolution for where Hickman wants this to go it's gonna be a huge opportunity wasted I would hope with 22 issues they have some a story of that magnitude to tell so I'm definitely keeping my fingers crossed Jeff.
5: I I will say, though, I was the person originally when they were like, the new uh, thing is coming out and there's Xavier. And I'm like, what is this? Xavier's walking at Screw Xavier. He's alive. And then it was like, oh, it's going to feature Maura McTaggart. I'm like, Maura McTaggart sucks. And I was so
4: blown away. I was like, away. just give it a chance. It's going to be I know, good. He's I was like, like, it like... looks stupid. <laughs> and
5: I was so proven wrong. And I think that Hickman planned this event out from the very beginning right you can tell the beginning of even excalibur this has all been leading up to this so i have faith that he knows how it's going to end because i think that's the biggest problem is people don't know where it's going to end i think he knows where it's going to end and i have faith in hickman that it's going to go somewhere big and epic and good
7: oh totally uh dylan i
2: think the biggest state to go off of what jeff just said is the fact that like we all mentioned at the beginning of this, that we loved House of X and Powers of 10, that everyone wants something amazing like that. And this is the next big thing. And if it isn't as good as those were, that it might lose a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Channel. Uh, Well, just a theory that just popped into my head after all this discussion is, while everybody's all busy fighting with swords and off world or wherever they are, who do you think is going to take out that five? And my vote is Mystique.
0: Oh. he said. She,
6: she promised. Oh, yes. Nobody's yeah. watching that island. Yeah. She yeah. Is, she's probably going to make them resurrect Destiny and then she's going to kill one of them and be like, we're
0: done. Wow. <laughs> so that was going to be my next question. And I think, well, my God, Chandler, are you a telepath? Because I was wondering if Destiny was going to be coming back in the storyline. I, I think it was the sixth issue of X-Men. Where they had uh, the conversation uh, between Irene and Mystique, uh, and she, you know, Irene basically telling her, "You got to take this down." Uh, So I, that, my God, now I'm super excited for this story. (laughs) If that comes true, if that comes true, because that's the shit I want to see.
4: I I basically think that the only two people left on the island during. Ten of Swords are going to be Mystique and Moira. I, I, I am dying for Mystique <laughs> to just yeah. find Moira's no place and be like, oh, what happened to your gateway to Singapore, bitch?
7: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Maybe my wife.
7: Um, what do you think is going to be the most ridiculous or fun moment to come out of X of Swords? Or I should say, what's the one you want to see? <laughs>
5: One of the champions is going to be Jumbo Carnation. (laughs) And his sword will be a big needle, like sewing needle. (laughs) But the strange thing is he will win because the other person will be like,
1: what? (laughs) Well, maybe he'll take out Summoner because that's his weak spot. Mm
5: -hmm. Right in the (laughs) eye. There you go. Uh,
6: I really want to see Madeline Pryor resurrected. I would love to see her somehow permanently installed.
7: Chandler, I, I'm just going to subscribe to whatever fan fiction you start writing because
0: I was like, right? oh, all these ideas that
1: you yeah. have exactly the way that I want them to
0: <laughs> It's our new uh, writer for Excalibur. He's going to take over Teeny, right, Chandler? Yeah, yeah. Teeny, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Jason?
3: Well, like I say, I think one of the most... Possible ridiculous things in the worst way is uh, an unofficial Deadpool timer is like swords, I got swords. <laughs> right. I love that. Right.
4: Um, to reiterate, I definitely want to see Douglas Ramsey and like like a Rudy sports movie kind yeah. of whole journey. Um plus I'd love to see uh Cyclops and Wolverine have a sword fight of their own. You know what oh, I mean? The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can only do it if Gene's
5: there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if Gene's there. <laughs> I will say, I will say
6: sorry. I just thought uh, sorry, I'm not raising my hand according to <laughs> protocol. But I will say that Kitty Pride is trained as a ninja assassin, so she could pull out her uh, sword yeah. skills.
0: Yeah. But only to kill Sebastian Shaw, right? Right.
6: And more. Why Chandler? not?
0: Yep, Dylan? I think
2: one of something that could be hilarious to see is if they just make like a panel or two of characters like Kylan and Shatterstar and Spiral and like people who have swords right. and use swords just like being like, why, why weren't we called?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile and, on. And Dazzler
5: yeah. has that destiny thing on her head with the sword in her face. Like, oh yeah, the mutant. Oh my
0: God. <laughs> That's a deep cut, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What sword do you think you'd like to have and why?
1: Regina? I want the Phoenix sword because I'm obsessed with the Phoenix and that would make my entire life. (laughs) (laughs)
7: I'm going with uh, Cypher's techno-organic sword because it's your, it's your friend's sword, I think someone would call it. And I'm like, you always have your buddy. You always get to travel yeah. with your robotic
0: buddy. <laughs> so, thanks.
5: I would take the Cerebro sword because then you can like, know what everyone really thinks about you. <laughs>
0: That seems dangerous, <laughs> at least for my. For my sake. Yeah. I
5: don't
7: want y'all
2: I don't
5: want for, to know. Yeah, not to for yeah, not for other me.
7: people, Kaylin. Mostly just you. I think everyone else would be fine. <laughs> yeah,
4: I uh, I uh, take the good old fashioned soul sword. Um, I think you know, I think I'd rock being a demonic, empress. Yeah. We are, Brad. Thanks. I feel
6: like I, I and I, this is not because nobody's chosen it, but I was thinking about this, and I can want the space space knight sword. Because it's giant and awesome and badass, and it just seems like a cool sword that apparently can just like rewrite civilizations and change a planet. So you know, why not?
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: Dylan.
6: I would
0: probably. Oh, oh. Sorry, Dylan. Go ahead, Dylan.
2: Um, I think I want whatever the sword is that Storm's gonna have. Because why that? Why the hell does Storm even need a sword? So <laughs> if Storm needs one, I want whatever it is that she needs.
7: <laughs> I, I do- think I want to. I was just gonna say, like, I picture her at the end of like, one of the final uh, pages of an issue and she's just like, what happens to a sword when it gets struck by lightning? And then it <laughs> gets shot, and then she's like the same, then she's just like, this bitch is crazy. Like, she's, <laughs> she, she's ready to fight uh, Caleb, sorry.
0: But only if she's drawn as Halle Berry, and then she has an <laughs> accent in one issue, but no accent in the second <laughs> issue. How do we know? And a, if she's just written that way. And um, a really bad wig. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think I would want Apocalypse's uh, scimitar. I think that thing looks ridiculous. And, like, he is literally the most powerful mutant, and now he's a wizard, and now he needs a sword. I mean, it's a little, you know, like gilding the lily there, but, um, you know, if he's got it, I want it. So uh, for our uh, for crossing swords, our our own crossover, which uh, hopefully will not collapse under its own weight <laughs> like uh, like of swords could. Um, do you think we should have a mascot?
4: Sword. Yes, a sword. Swordy. Okay, sword. Swordy. <laughs> Swordy big swords team. Can it be yeah. like a paper clip
2: from Microsoft Word? Yeah. yeah. It looks like you're
4: trying to stab somebody. Did you like her? Oh, Evil Jeff, yeah. what about Stacy X of Swords?
0: Oh, God. <laughs> no! <laughs> well, since y'all mentioned Boom Boom earlier, how about calling her Stabitha?
4: Stabitha.
7: <laughs> I'm in. All Stabitha, right. You heard it here first. Stabatha all the way.
0: So this crossover, Ten of Swords, is going to go all the way to the end of November. Actually, I think the last few issues are on Thanksgiving, right around Thanksgiving. Uh, So we are going to, from Homo superiors perspective, we're going to have different guests on each week. And we're going to start off with Dylan from House of X. Dylan, thanks so much. Mm -hmm, uh, With uh, the first official chapter of Ten of Swords, creation number one. And then each week we'll have a different one of these uh, wonderful podcasters on. uh, And we're really, really excited about that. Um, And I'm going to turn it all over back to y'all to let uh, everybody know where they can find you, how they can listen to you, how they can interact with you. So we'll go back in the order that we started with. So uh, Regina and Dylan, i will turn it over to y'all.
1: All right. So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at the Red Queen of X. And also on Facebook at the House of Goblin Queen. And you can listen to the House of X podcast on almost any platform that you subscribe to, including Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes.
2: Like Virginia said, you can find us on that podcast. Our podcast started from a Facebook group that's called House of X. We actually had the name years before they decided to have this giant crossover. And I really think (laughs) that Hickman owes us money, but whatever. And you can find
1: me
0: on Instagram and Twitter at warpath underscore Dylan. Dylan does have some of the best cosplay I've seen, and Regina is also wonderful as well, so (laughs) definitely follow them on uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Mm -hmm. Jason?
3: Yeah, uh, thanks. Uh, The podcast that goes snicked, you can find on all the normal podcasting stuff if you want to Free Point Reference at Snitcast dot and um, at Twitter is at Snitcast. Hmm.
4: Brett and Jeff, and you can find us online at Comic Book Queers. Our show actually started in two thousand six, um, so we've been doing it a long time. I think our first episode we covered the birth of Chris Claremont. It was very exciting. <laughs> Uh, And you can find our show Comic Book Queer's Legacy, uh, the updated version that we rebooted a few years ago, um, on all platforms. Anything you're listening to podcasts through, we are there.
5: And you can follow me at evil Jeff on Instagram or the evil Jeff on Twitter. I've also made a bunch of guest appearances on rogue theories on new rock stars that you can find on YouTube. And if you like drag Queens, I'm the editor of uh, UNH starring Trixie and Katya on YouTube. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
6: Um, this is Chandler and you can find my podcast X reads podcast. That's X hyphen R E A D S. And we are on all podcast platforms, mainly Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, what have you. We're also on social media at X Reads Podcast. And one more thing that I have to throw in here because it's a really awesome thing to brag about, so you can cut it out or, or keep it in. But I, you'll see me as the host and moderator of the. Reunion of X Men: The Animated Series, which is coming out pretty soon.
3: Ooh, nice. Leave that in. Leave that in. Yeah. Very cool.
6: There's no That's... editing on this podcast. It's well, funny. yeah.
3: <laughs>
6: <laughs> you'll see. You'll see it pop up on YouTube. We just recorded today, this morning. So I've been on Zoom Amazing. like all day. But I was very humbly asked to moderate and run the reunion of the voice cast of X Men: The Animated Series in remembrance of Norm Spencer, the voice of Cyclops, who passed away unfortunately oh, in
0: August. Oh, right. Chandler, I cannot think of a better person to do that than you, uh, oh, especially you. as you, I mean, Chandler, I think you were the uh, originator for all of us coming together when, um, you know, we had our, our Zoom call for uh, Comic-Con, the virtual Comic-Con back in the summer, uh, and you were able to bring all those wonderful voice actors, uh, you know, the voice actors for both Rogue and Wolverine, uh, and it was just wonderful. So I'm very, very happy and proud of you for that. Uh, and for Adam and myself, uh, this is Kalen, uh Homo Superior. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. You can interact with us on Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast and Twitter on Homo Superior X. Uh, we are incredibly dumb. So we thank you all for <laughs> listening to us and talking to us on the platforms. And you can also find us, uh, our individual Facebook accounts on the House of X uh, Facebook group with both uh, Dylan and Regina they do a wonderful job of moderating. Uh, with like 13,000 members, um, and y'all have been able to keep it incredibly civil and fun, uh, which I don't know how anyone you can do on Facebook <laughs> anymore. Uh, and so, when the crossover finally ends, that's Ten of Swords finally ends, we'll do an Omega issue just like this one, and we'll talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, and what this means for the X Books moving forward. Again, this has been kalen with Homer Superior. Thanks so much, and we're excited to be reading this Ten of Swords with all of you. Thanks.